Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, a bonus episode, episode number 117 with James Robolata. Uh, this is a really awesome conversation focusing on uh, vulnerability, authentic leadership, uh, and just hearing a bit more about James's story to uh, where he is now and starting his own podcast a few months ago, uh, Diner Talks with James. Uh, definitely go check it out. It's a really great show. Uh, we talked uh, about how he kind of came to uh, found that and lessons learned and uh, all that. But James is just a really great person to talk to. I really appreciate his uh, honesty and just how he is uh, so genuine about uh, sharing his struggles and uh, his story. So uh, go follow him. Uh, he's a great follow, great guy. And this is a great conversation. Uh, so thank you so much for listening uh, to this bonus episode number 117 with James Robolata. I'm so excited to talk with you, James. It's been several years uh, since we had spoken uh, in a previous life, uh, you know, years ago for another podcast and everything. Uh, so I know a lot's happened since then. Obviously, a lot's happened uh, in the past year. I feel like you're, I guess now I want to say like, not just a triple threat of like, you know, you're a speaker, you're an author and now a podcaster, but you're now also a father. Uh, so it's like quadruple threats, um, ah! you know, <laughs> a lot going on. Um, but uh, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself quickly as we always do. If you just want to yeah, introduce yourself and give your professional journey um, of how you got to be where you are today and then we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. Dustin, first off, great to talk to you. Here's something funny that I don't think you knew about last time. You and I talked five, maybe six years ago. Um, and last time you and I talked, I was in the middle of like, like I'm talking like a week or two into uh, the ending of a relationship. And uh, and so like I there, I almost reached out to you and was like, yo, man, I think we need to push this back. I don't know if my heart is where it needs to be right now. <laughs> um, and uh, but uh, so anyway, it's quite literally a new uh, a new lifetime later. Uh, excited, yeah. excited to be here, brother. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, my name is James Robolata and I am a professional speaker. I talk uh, around the globe about authenticity and vulnerability and the role that has to play in leadership and in life. And before that, I was a, a full-time higher ed professional. I was a res lifer. Give me a twin extra long bed any day, Dustin. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I worked in res life uh, for uh, for a number of years, six, seven years. I also did campus activities, a new student orientation. Um, and so now I, I proudly serve uh, that same population just in, in a different way. But we stay educating out here. And yes, you, as you mentioned, I do have a podcast. It's called Diner Talks with James. I'm trying to recreate those late night conversations with friends. You never want to leave over food that you probably shouldn't be eating. Those conversations that get a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit deeper, but also they're also frequently hysterical. So, and uh, yeah, spoiler alert, brother. I'm a, a father to a one month year old today, his one month birthday. So uh, pretty much have parenting down. So happy to offer any tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cause yeah, my uh, daughter, uh, she's coming up on 10 months old as a recording of this podcast. So it's just like, I always get it. Like even just like the, like, short periods of time it is that idea of like like oh i think i've got like this dub and then it like it changes like it's just it's you know it's such a journey it's fascinating but, for sure yeah, a, hum a humbling experience but a beautiful absolutely. one um yeah because you're just like watching like you know human development in real time you know yep. like day to day you know um so yeah <laughs> um but yeah so obviously you've got a lot going on and a lot has changed uh since the last time that we spoke but um i guess just to give you know you kind of just alluded to it you know you do focus a lot on uh, authenticity being an authentic leader uh bringing kind of you know the, the, your full self uh to your your role as a leader every day mm -hmm. um so if you want to talk a bit about that and obviously like your your podcast kind of uh gets to that 
that as well. So I guess just, I know you've been speaking for a long time. The podcast is a more recent thing. So if you kind of want to go through like chronologically, and I'd love to just hear like how the podcast came to be as part of like, you know, your chronological journey of like getting into speaking, uh, you know, what led you to that? And then uh, as you were doing that, what led you to start a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what got me into speaking, you know, I have a, I have a bachelor of science uh, in marine biology. Uh, I went to university of North Carolina, Wilmington, UNCW in the house. Uh, I went there for undergrad um, to get my bachelor as a marine science and marine bio. And around my junior year, I realized I was putting too many jokes in my scientific papers. And my mm. teacher's like, this may not be for you, James. And I was like, you know what? I think you're right. Uh, but I was RA and I was, I mean, I was, I was going to literally any conference I could go to that end in, uh, that ended in occur, um, and uh, and was just really enjoying that experience and learning about myself as a leader and working with others as well. And so, uh, so I had, I had a supervisor at the time. Her name is Michelle Rodems. I'll shout her out because she is indeed a role model and a mentor to me. Um, and uh, and she was like, well, "Why don't you go into higher education?" Uh, and so that's what I did. Went to Clemson University for my master's and uh, under under the tutelage of Dr. Tony Cawthon and had an incredible experience there um, and, and just started going to conferences. Went to all these student conferences, either as an advisor or as a grad or or whatnot. And, uh, and then somebody started presenting at those conferences for fun because, I don't know, in my opinion, why not? why not be in the front of the room uh, if you have the choice mm-hmm. to be? So, I mean, that's kind of who I am. So, uh, so yeah, just passing on knowledge and just, you know, innocently sharing things and tips and thoughts. Uh, and, uh, but then somebody came up to me at one of those conferences and asked me how much I charged. And I politely told that, that person, I don't know who the hell you're talking to. Uh, <laughs> because, because at that time, I, I mean, at that time, all professional speakers that I had come across had all been through something big in their lives, right? They, they came from a different part of town than I did. Uh, they looked differently than I did. They loved differently than I did. Um, they, uh, they had been through something traumatic, whether it was a, a, a drunk driving accident or lost a leg in Nam or, you know, started from the bottom. Now they're here. And mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a privileged white boy who's straight and was raised with more than enough. And so I was like, who ever needs to hear my story? Probably no one. I should probably just be quiet. Um, but it turns out there's a lot of power in relatability. Um, and so individuals kind of saw themselves in my tales and my woes of homesickness and, and being a new student leader and that kind of stuff. And so that's how I started speaking, brother. And uh, it's, it's taken off from there. I'm very fortunate. Um, and uh, I do uh, probably around 70 engagements a year. And it's been, it's been a real privilege to serve a community that gave so much to me. Um, and, uh, and out of that, you know, with the pandemic, the ye old pandemic, uh, <laughs> the, my, my thought with the pandemic was like, I need to have something to show for show for the time that we were given uh, at the end of this whole pandemic. So if I came out of this thing with nothing to show for it, then I think I would have felt like I wasted time. And that's, that's on me, right? It's a little bit of Hamilton stuff mm. in there, but like, uh, I, I do try to write like I'm running out of time. And, uh, and so that was a big thing for me is that I, was, I needed a project and a podcast sounded like it could be a really cool opportunity because I get to do what I love, which is have deep conversations with individuals uh, and where we talk about insecurities and we talk about uh, vulnerability, but we also talk about the things that make them great and how they overcame certain things and how they got out of their own way or out of their own head. And uh, and that's that's where the podcast journey started. So it launched 
uh, in the early fall of 2020. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just have to give you kudos too. like it uh, just very well done. Cause I, I mean, I've been in this space of podcasting for a long time. I've seen people kind of come and go, um, you know, kind of varying levels of quality, like one, like, yeah, you're just a great person to talk to, like a great speaker. Like you've just, <laughs> you know, you, you just have that skill set. but like, it's just also really refreshing. Cause it's, you know, it's clearly like a professional podcast. You know, like you talk about professional lives and uh, you know, the choices you make and, you know, uh, those sort of things. But uh just to give you kudos, like it, just, it is refreshingly genuine and vulnerable and authentic, you know, so just like embodies that, you know, uh, aspect of just, I think naturally who you are, but the thing that you try to like kind of advocate on, you know, to speak about and that sort of thing. So, um, I, I found it very, uh, compelling because wow. I think like, you know, even my, you know, like I, I try to keep it pretty like raw and just sort of like, you know, off the cup and stuff like that. But, you know, because I've heard a lot like uh, podcasting is like, you know, the new blogging, like it's just a thing that everybody kind of does now, like you put yourself out there to distinguish yourself. So it's like, yeah, you know, something can kind of be like kind of cookie cutter or it feels sort of like my brain wants to say like professionally sterile, you know, like it's just yes. kind of like, yeah, right. yeah it's kind of sanitized and it's just like, OK, it's like really controlled. And oftentimes that's fine. Like you're creating really compelling, like relevant professional development content, uh, which, I, you know, I think is really great. But um, yeah, like yours, you know, just is hitting on something different while still being like super engaging, super relevant. Because uh, it's like for me, sometimes it's hearing from people that I've seen on many other podcasts where they have their own shows, but just seeing them in like such a different light. So it's like super cool. But I think something I'm curious with it, like, because, you know, I talk about podcasting or, you know, and getting started with it a lot for people. Do you feel like there was any aspect of it that was like, especially challenging for you to feel like the whole thing kind of came easy. Cause obviously like audio recording and editing and like the, you know, can have a little bit of a learning curve, but like, what was that like for just, I feel like maybe it was like doing something new, you know, uh, that maybe like you haven't had that opportunity, you know, recently or anything, but yeah, just that journey of like, kind of being like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn how to do it. And then actually like getting out into the world, um, just, to, you know, kind of spending some time on that for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned the journey of podcasting that, cause that's certainly, that's certainly what it's felt like. And, and thank you. Thank you for your kind words. I mean, that, that means a lot coming from someone who runs a podcast that I respect a lot. So, uh, so much, much love brother, much love. And, uh, I, I think, I think for me, you know, I, I, I can't tell the tale without starting from the start, which is, about four years ago, I recorded eight episodes of a podcast, which was then going to be called Living Imperfectly, my book called Leading Imperfectly. I wanted to do a podcast called Living Imperfectly. Um, and uh, and I recorded eight episodes and edited six of them, and uh, they still sit on my computer uh, because I didn't think they were good enough. Uh, and, uh, and so those, those have never seen the light of day. I shut the whole project down and told myself, oh, I should have done it this way. And, and then instead of just like the beauty of podcasting is, I mean, you see these, some of these podcasts have like hundreds and hundreds of episodes, right. And uh, they didn't start great. Um, but, uh, I got in my head that I needed to start great. And so, uh, so I instead got it, got in my own way. And those, uh, are, have since been kept in the vault. Uh, mm. and, uh, and so that is, uh, that's, that's a very real thing because I think a lot of it for me was also, I'm a bit of an audio audiophile, right? Like I'll, I'll spend money on good speakers. I'll spend money on a good receiver and good headphones. I just think I want to, I want to listen to music and sound the way it was intended. Uh, and, uh, and so there's, so, so a lot of that journey was also like, I don't know the right equipment or this and that. And I just, all these, it's, it's fantastic to watch humans build their own roadblocks. Now mm, <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're pretty great construction, uh, uh, folks here. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I did that a bunch. And then when it came time to, 
getting back and getting out of my own way and doing it this time. Uh, I, I have a less, it's a much less structured podcast than it was last time. It's more free flowing, which I think plays into my strong suit and uh, of just a casual conversation and, and the improviser in me. But I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, what are the things that are surprising about it or hard about it? I think well, podcasts are interesting because you just kind of drop it and then you're like, okay, I have no idea who's listening to it, right? Like, <laughs> like I just, I posted a photo on Instagram today and I could tell you the exact name of the people who liked it and how many people did. But podcasting is not like social media in that the metrics are kind of weird and there you have to dig through them to find them. But then also, how do you define success? And like, I have no idea how many downloads an episode's supposed to get. I'm a brand new whatever. And, and so... That's been one of the most interesting things is that you kind of need to just say, screw it to the statistics and, and ju you just need to keep putting out something that you believe is quality. And, uh, and that has been humbling for me because I am someone who is in, is in constant, uh, in constant quest for my favorite drug, which is validation. And, uh, and I would say that podcasting does not give you a lot of validation, uh, I don't know if you would agree with me on that, but like as far as validation, there's validation from in the moment, like, oh, that was a good episode that felt like a good interview, but there's no validation of like, and here come the statistics to prove it. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that is, uh, that's been an interesting part of the journey of like, okay, well, I'm going to put another episode out next week and we'll just keep seeing. Well, and I think, yeah, there's so much there. Cause I, def I definitely agree with you. Cause I think it, you know, um, you know, blogs, you know, put, kind of giving that parallel again. It's like, yeah, as much as you have is just sort of like unique visitors, like, you know, how long were they there or something, but you don't know. It's like, oh, well, like, you know, this many people in their 40s from Ohio or whatever, you know, like, you know, other <laughs> other analytics just naturally on social media will give you far more. And like with podcasting still like relatively being kind of like, you know, nascent, like in its early stages, like you've got to like pay a premium to like pull out this like really like rich, you know, kind of metadata. Like it doesn't come cheap yeah. to you to be able to say like, oh yeah, like this many people at this state at this time of day, listen to this much of this episode. Like, and it depends on like which app or platforms you like, and everybody's kind of chasing that right now. Like it's at that point of maturity. So it's like, yeah, you kind of know just like, well, that episode got more downloads. Like did everybody listen to that download? Maybe, I don't know, you know, like, and maybe I think at a point of like, you know, if somebody like scales up a podcast a lot, just because of the sheer number, it's like, well, you're probably like hearing from some people or they're like, you know, you have more followers on social media and they like comment on the episode when it got, you know, like, so it's just like, yeah, you might hear from people more, but even then, yeah, it is kind of just like, uh, you know, you're sort of just putting yourself out there, which like, leads me to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it like, it kind of leads me to my next question too, like just in the sense of like, cause I'm sure people, uh, and you know, just correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I'm sure people think like, oh, you're like an authenticity expert or something. And like, you've just got it all figured out and all that, but it's like, it really is like a constant struggle. Cause we're always going through sort of like new periods of our life, new environments, like, and like you said, sort of being in a space where it's like, wow, my, my calendar is looking a little empty with like the pandemic. Like, what do I want to do to still like, you know, put my stuff out there and like, you know, just kind of keep busy with something and, yeah. um, those sort of things. So, you know, uh, that's, it's sort of a broad question, I guess. I'm just sort of like, you know, obviously this is like something that takes constant work kind of like battling our in, uh, inner critic and that sort of thing. But like, you know, with your work focusing on authenticity, like how has this past year really kind of like reshaped or maybe just kind of reaffirmed your approach and your work, like the way that you kind of view, like just authenticity as that kind of big umbrella subject. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I was I was the person right when the pandemic hit. Like I was that annoying person on your on your newsfeed, your timeline, your scrolling, whatever. That was like, this is a huge opportunity. Like, when have we ever <laughs> been given the gift of time? Right. And like, like in like and, and I, in a lot of my work, especially my coaching work, I focus a lot on people's patterns and trying to break patterns. And like the pandemic broke a whole bunch of patterns, uh, and uh, in a really in a really cool way. Um, I think a lot of us are looking at life differently. I think, you know, the way we look at uh, the murder of, of George Floyd um, and, and the and the response from it, I think a lot of that was because the whole world's ears were pointed in a different direction than they normally are, which is down to the ground focusing on themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, the, the whole world's pattern shifted. And so people paid attention to something that really matters. Um, but uh, and so. So I was that person in the beginning that was like, what are you going to do with your time? You should write a book. You should do this. We should do that. And, uh, and, and, uh, I learned very quickly that I need to a sit down, um, (laughs) uh, B, uh, that's not what everybody needs right now. And maybe that's where I am because that's the way I see the world. Um, but it comes back to like the cliche, uh, you know, student affairs, uh, a student affairs saying of meeting people where they're at. Um, and, and I wasn't right. I was, I was the person on the other side of the river saying, come on, everybody, come on over here. Um, it's cooler over here instead of actually, you know, getting back in the boat and rowing back over and being like, okay, where are we at over here? Um, and so, uh, so that was a big thing for me, um, was, was having to own, you know, maybe what my gut response was. And then, you know, it's funny. I think the whole pandemic has just been every single one of us in our own way, cycling through the five stages of grief and loss, right? There are moments mm-hmm. where we're angry, where we are sad, uh, where we're in denial, uh, where we are bargaining, being like, okay, well, if I come over and we open all the windows and the wind's coming from the east, then I think we'll be able to hang out for an hour, right? Like these, all these weird things that we're doing. And then we, then we reach moments of acceptance of like, you know what? This is actually kind of nice. I've gotten to spend more time with my partner or I've gotten to do this project that I've always wanted to do or uh you know whatever it is right we kind of cycle in and out of these things and so for me a lot of that anger and stuff didn't come until later like almost in august um was when i finally was like yo this sucks this is stupid this is dumb i miss my friends um and uh mm-hmm. so it's funny uh, just we we go through these stages in different in different ways and so you know you talk about how does authenticity uh, how has it shown up for me in this in this moment is that I've been trying to, I've tried to be true to wherever I am uh, during that whole journey while also respecting other people where they are. And, uh, and so ultimately what it also came down to was yes, you know, come March, April, all of a sudden I lost all of these gigs, you know, lost 30, 30 plus gigs, which is however much money. And uh, we were in the, we had just found out that we were pregnant and we were also trying to buy a house and we're like, cool, great time, great time. Uh, and, uh, and so there was all of that, but I think what it came down to is that especially the way that I've grown my business is through relationships. I am not a salesy individual, right? If you, if you follow me on social media, I'm not, you know, shoving the idea of like, I got an open date on February 4th. Who's in you who's in, Uh um, right? Like I don't, I don't do that. I build my relationship. I build my business through relationships. Um, and the pandemic has been really humbling for me in that way, because it's been crazy to see those relationships work. 
right? Those people have come back and be like, hey, you were someone who we trusted uh, with our people and it went well. And now we're in a time of need. And so like we're turning back, we're trying to remember those individuals that uh, that we trusted. Um, and, and so it was really cool to watch that the business was rebuilt on the backs of relationships that I had so uh, graciously formed over the last, you know, however many years. And so that, that was really cool also because, uh, I've never shifted my sales tactic. I've never, I don't even call it a sales tactic. Um, right. even that feels icky to me. Um, it's just about serving the person who's in front of you the best that you can, uh, and you know, whatever that means. And so I think that's, that's helped a lot. And I think, I think, so I think that's kind of where it's come into play as well. Yeah. It sounds like affirming definitely in a way of like, like I said, sort of your, your methodology of sort of just building uh, partnerships and relationships to, uh, yeah, to just be of service uh, through your speaking and, uh, you know, coaching and different things like that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, just, I think that's definitely been something that I've really been focusing on and just all the ways that, you know, with the things that have been going on this past year of sort of like what you're saying of kind of bearing witness, you know, like getting out of my own head and just being like, wow, like, look at how fragile everything is. And like, let's see, you know, or sort of um, take solace in the fact of like, you know, people need help during this time and how fragile, you know, people's like housing situations or uh, employments and different things. And like, we can show up and be supportive and, you know, kind of solve our own problems that we create or different things like that. Like there's just so much for me where like, you know, yeah, I could just kind of stick my head in the ground and just be like, all right, I'll, I'll pop back up when everything's over. But it's like, no, you know, it makes me like want to be that much more safe and careful and considerate seeing like the ongoing struggles of uh, the pandemic and uh, you know, the black lives matter movement and everything where it's just like, okay, like I, I need to keep doing the work, keep being, you know, sort of cognizant of what's happening around me versus like, yeah, just being kind of all, you know, ego driven, that sort of thing. Um, and I think just an undercurrent of all of that is just like empathy. Like you said, like people could be at any point of that sort of, I guess this uh, pendulum really of like, yeah, like acceptance back to anger or, you know, like you're just kind of keep <laughs> swinging and swinging and swinging. And like, I, I hadn't thought of it that way. And that is exactly how I've been just because like, you know, especially around the holidays, you know, I had hopes of like maybe the, some semblance of something uh, over the holiday season. And I kind of had to grieve what could have and should have been uh, and eventually kind of get to acceptance and just sort of have some quiet time at home with my family. And like, you know, and then other times I'm just like angry seeing just like, you know, the incompetence or something around me from leadership or something. And yes. yeah, so it's just like, you know, where am I at? Where are you at? And how can we kind of best support each other. Cause even just in the microcosm of like me and my wife, it's just like, yeah, I'm having a bad day. And she's kind of like, well, let me like, you know, make you some lunch or something, you know, like just like, you know, wh whatever yeah. she can do to like be of help. Cause I'm just like, I'm just so over it. And you know, then it, it, it like flips over the next week or something. But um, yeah, I agree. I was going to say, I agree with you. I think I, I, and I would hope that with you and your partner that, uh, like for my wife and I, we, uh, fortunately we haven't been in the same stage at the same time, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of nice. Cause we've been able to help each other out. Uh, right. Like she kind of went into a darker place pretty early on in the pandemic. Um, and, and, and I was in my moment of optimism. And so, uh, but then, then we flip flopped and, uh, and it was really helpful that we weren't always in the same place at the same time. Uh, because we kind of there was always somebody there to to lift 
which was nice. Which it does make me like that much more empathetic. Like I have friends who just like, you know, live on their own in their own apartment and stuff. And it's just like, like, oof, man, like I'm, I'm hoping that you are reaching out uh, to get the help that you need from others, you know, friends and family, even, you know, just kind of jumping on a call and talking through some things. Because, uh, yeah, it's been really important to be able to still, uh, you know, have that community and have that support and everything. But because um, that, that uh, you know, kind of segues definitely to what I want to talk about next is just like that idea of supporting each other. Certainly, you know, just kind of bringing in so the, the professional kind of workplace context or, you know, anything, I guess, that comes up to you there is just sort of like, you know, and it may be like further emphasizing that point of like, you know, where each other, you know, any of us are at any given moment. Um, just generally, just like what advice would you give to other like uh, professionals like working to better support each other? Because I think it's definitely different in a work environment, but um, I'm sure some of the same skills and just sort of advice would sort of surface here as well. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think I think it is, it is definitely parallel to that. And I think a lot of it, uh, what it comes down to is how do you respond during moments of uncertainty? Um, and, and that's something that we don't necessarily always know about ourselves. And sometimes even in moments of uncertainty, we just kind of like plow through and be like, okay, I made it. Um, but like, this has been such a long period of, of uncertainty. And I mean, I mean, higher ed pros have had to come up with three plans. Um, and right. Like here's this, the potential, this plan, the potential, this plan, the potential, this plan. And then there's the fourth plan that they actually wind up doing. And so like, it's, it's been so much work, um, for our colleagues, uh, and it's, it's been in, it's been incredible to watch the way um, that uh, that so many on-campus professionals have have made the shift and done the work uh, to show up for their students and their peers. A lot of what it comes down to is the power of relatability in leadership. And, and when we see ourselves in someone else, we believe that we can. And so that is why, like when we're offering feedback, when we're having hard conversations or when we're just catching up with each other, uh, it's about having those moments where we're not being afraid of sharing our story, not being afraid of sharing like, yo, I'm actually been, I've been lonely or I've been really confused or this has been really hard for me uh, because that moment of, of vulnerability creates this moment of trust of like, okay, we're in it together. Not just everybody else has their stuff together around me and I'm just the only hot mess. So many of us feel like we are alone in our thoughts um, and the internet doesn't help that. Uh, and, uh, and the way that we quote unquote should be living our lives and should be feeling and, and should be exercising and should be, uh, mindfulness and should be using crystals and should like all this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is, uh, uh, there is this, there's this overwhelming feeling of like, I am alone. I'm the only one who's going through this the way that I'm going through it. And so when, when a peer shares, a little bit of what they're going through, it creates that moment of lift of like, okay, it lets a little bit of the air out of the balloon. And, and so I don't know what that looks like. I don't think we can start every single staff meeting with the supervisor walking in and being like, I got something to say, right? Like just like going off on some tear filled rant. Um, but there is a time and a place for that. And I think we need to recognize that maybe the time is more frequent than we currently give it credit to. Um, you know, maybe we're not just at the end of the semester being like, whoo, that was sucked. I was on a whirlwind. I had no idea what we were doing. That was crazy. I can't believe we made it. Like, it's like, well, where was that information, you know, a month and a half ago, Rick, when I also felt that way, but felt like I was the only one that felt that way. Um, mm -hmm. So I think sharing those moments of vulnerability is, is powerful, right? Because we see 
So many people see vulnerability as a weakness, but if vulnerability is, is such a weakness, why is it so damn hard, right? It is easier to not ask for help than it is to ask for help. It's easier to avoid and compartmentalize than it is to own and confront. And so vulnerability takes courage. And, and we know that in higher education because I think a lot of us preach the gospel of vulnerability and, and give it up two times for Brene Brown. It's still just because we know it, doesn't mean we like the way it feels when it's happening, but it's still important to lean in. Yeah, it's definitely like, because I mean, you obviously were just speaking of your own journey of like, you know, it's easier said than done. Like you still kind of struggle with it as much as you're just like immersed in, you know, this work and everything. And I think uh, within the work environment, it's almost like, kind of easier, like in a certain perspective of like, if you are in a leadership role of a uh, department or anything like, yeah, you could like give space for people to share how they're doing right now and make sure that like you help them to feel safe to share that and like normalize it, you know, empathize and kind of relate and those sort of things, uh, you know, where it might be harder sometimes like between, you know, peers or just friends, you know, family members and that sort of thing. Um, but certainly, you know, I would hope that like you said, cause it's like, I think a lot of people like accept the value of it, especially in higher ed. And if you don't see it happening, then maybe like be that person who tries to say like, you know, if it is like to your department head or something, you know, like your director, it's like, Hey, I think maybe during the next like team meeting, we should try to like, just give everybody a space to check in or like, you know, do something like you could kind of nudge, you know, if it's, if it's your place, you should, you know, be aware and just do it. And then if it's not, I think, you know, try to nudge folks uh, towards the direction to, uh, you know, allow for that, uh, you know, vulnerability and authenticity and just space to, you know, connect on this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I, th- I, mean, I think great leaders ask a second question. Right. Mm-hmm. Most people in the world ask one question, which is, how are you? And and in the United States, when someone asks, how are you? You're allowed five responses. Good, fine, tired, busy, COVID. Right. Um, and uh, that's that's about it. Um, but where are the moments where you're giving someone the gift of time of just one more question uh, and just asking that follow up like, oh, tell me more about that or, uh, or, or whatever it is. I think those moments, those moments are critical. Um, but a lot of us don't want to feel, and this is, I mean, my biggest fear in life is that, uh, is that I'm a burden to other individuals. And so therefore, if you ask me, how are you? My immediate response is not going to be like, I'm going to tell you how I am. Cause then you'll get to carry what's on my plate too. Yay. Uh, right. Instead, I'm going to offer a flippant response, um, and keep it pushing. And that's from someone who teaches authenticity and vulnerability, right? Like, and there's still some moments where I'm like, I don't want to put this on anybody else. Uh, and so, uh, but yeah, being present and actually, you know, squaring up those shoulders, um, or, you know, looking into the camera on zoom instead of at the square below you, right. Like that's the closest way I can look into your eyes as if I look into the camera lens and be like, no, uh, but really you know, what's going on in your world. Tell me a little bit more. feels like you've been going through some stuff or I'm seeing this pattern, you know, the, the kind of things that we teach student leaders, we teach RAs to, to call out in there. Um, in their residence, right? Hey, we're seeing this pattern. I'm just seeing this pattern. I wanted to talk to you about it. Um, or we teach orientation leaders the same thing, peer mentors. Um, you know, what are the times where we also do that for our colleagues, even though it feels weird because it's, you know, grown ass adult to grown ass adult. Um, but, uh, and pardon my French there, but you know what I mean? It, 
those moments still matter. Well, and I think for me, it's kind of the funny thing where like, because it's less so they're like, oh, I'm going to be a burden on you. Like, I just presume they don't care or something. Because like when people are just like, oh, how you doing? I was like, nah, I'm all right. You know, and I'll just move on. Like, because I'm not like, oh, I'm going to like burden you. I'm just like, I, I don't think you want to hear. Like, you probably don't want me to like really go into like, oh, yeah, you know, I was thinking about this and that. And, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that idea, yeah, of like a good leader of like, that they make sure that somebody just innately knows that they care, but then like they could, yeah, like ask that follow-up question to just somebody who says like, oh, they're all right. They could be like, well, yeah, well, X, Y, or Z, you know, I kind of see this pattern or just like, um, you know, check in on something in particular, like, oh, like, well, how's this going? How's that going? You know, whatever. Um, Cause like, you know, that person, hopefully like, you know, what's going on in their life and, right. and check in on it. But so, you know, in addition to advice, we always like to share resources. So um, anything else, you know, just that we could uh, kind of put in the show notes is some homework on this topic. Um, anything that you'd want to share books, other podcasts, articles, anything that comes to mind uh, that you'd want to share. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to authenticity and vulnerability, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of armchair expert, super popular podcast, mm. um, Brene Brown's unlocking us, uh, right. Those are, those are both rockstar podcasts and in, in this realm, um, that teach me a lot, uh, as, as a human and then also as a podcaster. Um, and so those are both great. Um, there is, uh, a couple of books that I've loved, um, one, uh, one is called stop living on autopilot. It's by a guy named Antonio Neves N E V E S. Um, and I've really enjoyed his book is very raw and real, um, a lot and a lot of nuggets also, um, that you could just kind of take away from it. And so that, that's a book that I've enjoyed. Um, and, uh, Jess Ekstrom's chasing the bright side, um, is another book that I've uh, really enjoyed this year. Um, it's about uh, it's about optimism, um, but it's about a more realistic approach to optimism, right? It's not just like uh, shoot shoot rainbows out of your butt and everything will be happy. Um, <laughs> it's it's a very much more a, a realistic approach to optimism and why optimism is a cool choice uh, to make. So those are those are two things that I've uh, I would say that I've been uh, those those four things I would say I've been digesting a whole bunch recently. Very good. Um, yeah. And, I mean, sorry, and, one, and one last thing, I'm sorry oh, about yeah, this. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, is, and this is something that's been very popular for a while, um, but I just finally got on the train, but I watched a good place um, mm. on, uh, on Netflix. And I, I love that. Uh, it was a great show. It was a fascinating to show. It was a fascinating show to watch in the middle of the pandemic as well, because it's a comedy that's also about ethics. Um, and, uh, and so your mind is working. And I feel like, this last year has been one long ethical uh, <laughs> hot mess um, in some ways. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was a, it was a cool show to watch in the middle of the pandemic and just kind of get you thinking about stuff. So sorry, forgot that resource. No. Yeah. That's a great recommendation. I love that show as well. And um, another, another one that kind of in that sort of scope, cause I feel like there've been a lot of great shows recently about like people just earnestly trying to be better people, um, but they're like comedies and they're like really, well done like they're very funny but then also really have like a very um just like a strong heart to that you know like a really good core um so ted lasso is one that i just watched that was very good um which is on apple tv which like it's like one of the only things i've ever watched on there um and then uh crazy ex-girlfriend was another one that um was very good to sort of that's yes rachel bloom She's, yes she is a, a wonderful person and a good friend Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. I, I just listened to a podcast with her, and she's always just yeah, so great. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and all, all great stuff. I think to to link out to as well. I think um, 
yeah, a lot, a lot of great resources uh, for folks to check out. So um, we will wrap up as we always do. If you just want to kind of uh, finish this off with any final thoughts, calls to action, just anything to wrap up the episode with uh, on this topic. I think we've talked about so many cool things on here, Dustin, and and I, I always appreciate your uh, your art, the art of inquiry on your side. <laughs> um, <laughs> it truly, it truly is that. So thank you so much for having me. You know, when it comes to a, a wrap up thought. Uh, I think I'm, I'm reminded of a Kanye West quote, um, and, and fear not, my friends, it's nothing he's said in the last seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of, from one of his oldest tracks back when Kanye was dropping fire. Um, but uh, he simply says this. He says, uh, if you admire somebody, you should go ahead and tell them people never get the flowers while they can still smell them. Right. People, if you admire somebody, you should go ahead and tell them people never get the flowers so they can still smell them. I think in a world where we are constantly trying to compare ourselves to others and how we should be feeling and what we should be doing and how we should be acting. Uh, we got, we just got to stop shooting on ourselves. Um, and, and recognize also that the people around us are doing the same thing. Uh, and so what are the moments where we're offering those, those little blips of appreciation of like, yo, I see you. I like the way your brain works, or I see you putting in work, or I see you trying or, uh, right. Even with this outfit or with this hair or, you know, just like the little tiny wins that we can give each other throughout the day matter. And, and I, I know that's cheesy, um, but cheese is one of my favorite foods. So I mean, here we are friend. here we are. But I think, I think that's, that's where I, that's where I try to lift as we, as we try to come out of the hot mess that 2020 was and that 2021 has started to be, um, you know, what are those moments where we try to have each other's back just a little bit more? Uh, so that's, uh, that's where I'm at my guy. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful, uh, kind of sentiment to end the episode on. Cause I, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Like I, I just see people sometimes like gushing so much when they're like kind of given that, like, yeah, like that kind of affirmation, just like being seen like, Hey, like you've really been working hard and you, you look great. Like, you know, you're awesome. Whatever. Like just that. And people are just like melting, you know, where they're just like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, you know, because they've just been sort of like, I don't know, like tense and just sort of like pushing onward yeah. and just having like that moment of just being like seen is just like, I don't know. It's just so powerful. So yeah. Right. App- appreciation. Appreciation leads to retention. It, ter- it turns out people like to know that they matter. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, who would have thunk it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, quite a concept. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for for hanging out and sharing all that you did. And, uh, you know, I've always uh, connect with you and all the things that you mentioned in the show notes as usual. But um, it's always a good time talking to you and just you being just your genuine self. It's so great. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much again for your time. It's a pleasure, brother. Thank you for what you're doing uh, for our field. It's awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.